1: I what they might say. We, love Jesus anyway. we mentioned this earlier in the week. Many of us tend to think of idols as little wooden statues. Today, we're going to see once again that idols are much more pernicious and modern than we would originally think. Way of Grace is next. Online at Grace Bible.com. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Hey, are you an idol worshiper? You know, most of us would plead not guilty of that charge, but unfortunately, the evidence would say otherwise. Today on Way of Grace, Pastor Jessica Stand will take us to the book of Exodus for a reminder of how easy it is to fall into idolatry. The Israelites in Egypt did it, and we're still doing it today. We worship people, possessions, popularity. Back then, it was a golden calf. With more, here's Pastor Jesse on today's Way of Grace.
2: And then God's going to tell Moses, hey, look, leave that alone. That's my business. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I'll show justice on whom I shall show justice. Moses, you don't get to play God. You don't get to choose who's going to have mercy and not. Am I making some sense? But something is about to happen here that is worthy of our observation because Moses does exactly that. He actually gets down. He goes on down. This is a phenomenal thing. He goes on down. Look at it over in verse, uh, verse number, um, verse number nineteen. Look at it over in verse number nineteen. Verse nineteen. Exodus 22, nine. and it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp. That's Moses. The first thing he did was what? Saw the calf. So he had seen now what God said they had done. Because if you go back to the account, the account says the children of Israel has turned away from me. That means they have left the path. They have departed out of the way. Who is the way? I am the way, the truth, and the light. So when you depart out of the path, you're leaving Christ. There's no one coming to the Father but by him. When you leave Jesus, you're out of the way. Moses was told by God, they're way out of the way. Now Moses is seeing why. They have exchanged the glory of the true and living God and exchanged it for an idol made by men. This is Romans chapter one, verse 21. You guys know that, right? Y'all know what Paul teaches there concerning where we are today. Once you change the image of the true and the living God, you destroy culture, do you not? Because once you change the image of the true and the living God, God gives men and women up to a reprobate mind. And now we're engaging in the kind of thing that's being celebrated today. Did y'all hear what I just stated? That's Romans chapter one. And notice what it says. He saw the calf and the dancing. See that? Be careful. There is a place for dancing, but be careful. Because some dancing does not please God, especially when it's attached to idolatry and baccalaying debauchery. If your dancing is simply an expression of the lust of your flesh and your joyful engagement in the baccalayan debauchery and it doesn't glorify God, motive or action, This is nothing but demon expression. Did y'all hear what I just stated? I wanted to come home clearly to you. I told you this is a defining mark. I'm getting ready to show you why in a moment. Notice what the text said. He was hot and he cast the tables out of his hand and he break them beneath the mount. You guys see that? Moses had a little temper, didn't he? Did Moses have a little temper? Did Moses have a little temper? God has a temper. Our God is a consuming fire. He's a jealous God. Didn't he just tell him a couple of weeks ago? I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Visiting a nigga. See, when you got a husband that's jealous, you should, look, you better be cool. I'm talking about godly jealousy. I'm not talking foolishness. I'm talking godly jealousy. And if he's not jealous, then you're in trouble too because he doesn't care about you. Now you got your work to do, sis, because a good man ought to have grounds to be jealous because he's going to lay down his life. But if you don't give him any grounds to lay down his life, then he ain't going to be jealous for you. I'm letting you know. Did y'all hear what I just said? It's called covenant. It's called covenant. Notice what he says. And he cast the tables out of his hand and break them beneath the mount. Look at verse 20. And he took the calf. He took the calf, which they had made, and burnt it in the fire, and ground it to powder, and strawed it upon the water, and made the children of Israel to drink. Do you see that? So let me help you briefly with that. This is another whole message. Because what Moses did by the Spirit of God was undo the unreality of the false God that they had fabricated in their mind and then manifested in the flesh of which they were attributing to the true and the living God. And God said, no, demolish that idol so that they might know who the true and the living God is. This is really interesting because what we're dealing with is alchemy here at the mystic level. I'm teaching some of us this now who are keeping up with me in this woke doctrine stuff. Alchemy is the mixing of metals and the combining of elements to take one form of a thing to turn it into another. Alchemy is a, a legitimate science, but when you mix it with witchcraft and you mix it with technology and you mix it with doctrines of demons, the whole thing is to transform one thing into another. And it's a process of constantly mixing. Y'all keeping up with me? I'm going somewhere. There is an alchemy going on at the technological at the witchcraft level, at the practical level, at the scientific level, at the theological level right now in our world where men and women are gradually and incrementally being changed into the image of the beast as I speak to you right now. You got time for me? See, these things that are written were written for our foretime, for our learning. It's happening to you right now. And all of us, in part, are significantly are being toxified with this alchemy. Because it's scientific, it's bio-scientific, it's, it's, it's a high-tech process of transing people. Transing people, transing food, transing the environment, transing everything. In every part of the environment, we are under transformation. This is why people are sick. This is why our children have already had inserted into their head all kinds of toxins injected, and now they don't know whether they're boys or girls or men or women. And this all started with lies. It's in your medical industry big time. It's massive. And all you have to do is say, Lord, open my eyes. Because he'll show you how the devil is working in every system to have a new church. It's called a global church of men and women that are transhuman. Even if it means killing up billions of people. And that's what you're going through right now. It's being done technologically through your Immersion into the technology of the metaverse and your mind is being transformed and unhinged from reality. So you can't think straight. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So you're meeting people right now who are willing to entertain irrational thoughts about reality. Irrational thoughts about themselves. Irrational thoughts about things that are so empirically obvious that you have to be an absolute fool to not see it for what it is. Now, you can be sympathetic because the vast majority of people are subject to this by hoodwink, by trickery, by deception. And we are all somewhat culpable of it because we have not been really discerning in the area of our submission to the true and the living God. But what we've been watching for decades is the transformation. And we might have a little bit of concern here and a little bit of concern there, but it's so massive now. That it's, it's it's unavoidable, but we don't have an answer for it for Christians because most Christians are simply operating out of a neo-Egyptian calf God, not the true and the living God. They are not serious about the Bible. The word of God is warning about this stuff. Y'all keeping up with me? We are here now. This is a kind of tribulation that if you don't believe it, it's you're, you're doomed. You're doomed because the numbers are going to proliferate as we talked on Friday because nothing will stop unless it's stopped. See, because what they're doing is they're constantly doing the alchemy. This is witchcraft. This goes way back into Gnosticism in the second and third century. It's a combination of false doctrine with a false pseudoscience mechanism, along with power dynamics in our present day. It's technology. And all of the structures are working together to create this neo new man of transhumanism. From the child to the adult. That's what you just saw in our text. And let me see if I can make it good on this. May God have mercy on you as you comprehend it. So we have seen a revolt against the true God, not only in our nation and Western culture, but around the world, but certainly in our nation. We're leading in this deception. And this is what point number two calls the curse of what? False religious experience. Would you agree? So point A, the self-generated hype and frenzy. That's the dancing and playing that they were doing. Now, look over at verse 25. Go go to verse 25. I want to work this through. I've got a few more minutes. Look at verse 25. And when Moses saw that the people were, what's the word? All right, plant your feet. It's time to learn something. It's time to learn something. So now, if you were reading your Bible carefully from Genesis up to this time, you would have seen two cases of nakedness that would have laid down for you the prophetic warning here. If you're reading your Bible carefully, this is what we mean, a linear progression of Revelation, the continuity of the unfolding of the person and work of Christ from Genesis to Revelation. Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It's written of me. There's none good, no, not one. Christ is the only righteous one, and the rest of us need him. And where we live life without Christ, we're going to be subject to self-deception. The first nakedness was what God warned Adam and Eve not to succumb to who told you you were naked. That's Genesis chapter three, verse four and five. For those of you who don't keep up with my teaching, you need to get it now. The snake was able to actually get Adam and Eve to worship him rather than worship the true and the living God. And the snake Genesis three, one, is the naked creature. Didn't I tell you that? He doesn't have hair. He doesn't have a covering. A snake is naked. He doesn't have hands. He doesn't have feet. A snake is naked. When you and I don't have any clothes on, we're more like the snake. Am I making some sense? Particularly, you know, human beings, unless you got a little bit of your Neanderthal friends going on, you got a bunch of hair going on. But the point is, <laughs> some of us are like that. The point is, is that nakedness means you don't have a covering. Adam and Eve had the covering of the spirit of God when he created them innocent. And when they rebel against God, what did they do? They exchanged the glory of the true and the living God and they bought the tree of the knowledge of evil so that they could become gods and they became naked. That's nakedness number one. And God covered them with coats of skin. And when you and I are not covered in the righteousness of Christ, we're naked. The second nakedness that came along was when our dear brother Noah and the new Adams family had finished the work of new creation. And, at, and Noah just got a little bit, you know, distracted about the quality of the wine that he had made. And he did the right thing. He didn't walk around naked like these folks are doing for a whole month with no shame. That's what it means to be a harlot in Proverbs chapter seven. A harlot is a woman who walks around naked with no shame. Ass out. Titties out. No shame. Am I telling the truth? And they're proud about it. That's Proverbs seven, nine. 23, that's Isaiah chapter 4, that's Revelation chapter 2 and 3, that's Revelation chapter 18. God has something to say about the harlot society because humanity was once in a relationship with God. And God gave his son, and now humanity says, I want this. This is why God has a controversy with the whole world. Am I making some sense? Number two was with Noah because his boy Ham, who was the father of the land of Canaan, I'm going to Canaan! pulled back the tent and tried to show his brothers the nakedness of his daddy, which was a symbol of perversion. And his two brothers knew the gospel and they got a covering and walked backwards and covered their daddy. Love covers a multitude of sins. And then when Noah woke up out of his stupor, he prophesied of the land of Canaan that it would be cursed. He didn't curse black people. He cursed Canaan. Canaan is a society of which God said in Leviticus 18 through 22, do not look upon another person's nakedness. It is toweba with God. It is an abomination to God. Am I making some sense? And when he started that line of prohibition in chapter 18, he said a father must never look upon his daughter's nakedness. His daughter must never look upon his father's nakedness. His son should never look upon his mother's nakedness. You shall not look upon each other's nakedness because that is an abomination. Why? Because we know what it leads to. We know what it leads to. It's going to lead to fornication from an idolatrous heart. Because now we're man-centered. And the only thing we want is pleasure. Pleasure. And our pleasure should be God. God should be the ultimate pleasure. And righteousness should be the outcome of a relationship with the true and the living God. That means we keep boundaries. That means we keep categories. That means we keep order and structure. That means we know what a man is. We know what a woman is. We know what a child is. We know what a husband is. We know what a wife is. We know what a daughter is. We know what these things are. And the Holy God grants us the ability to live among each other because we keep boundaries. And the goal of the wicked one is to destroy every boundary. Anything that is binary is being assaulted today. Did y'all hear what I just stated? There. The logic is flawed. There's no such thing as a his and a her as being the same thing. There's no such logic as a he, she. That is is an either or proposition. That is not a both and proposition. I'm struggling when I come to the bathroom door and it goes he, she. I'm looking for another bathroom because I'm trying to keep my mind. I'm trying to keep my mind. I know what categories are. It's either a he or a she that's going up in that bathroom. I'm not crazy, and I'm not going crazy, because God has given me a sound mind. When Moses saw their nakedness, for Aaron had made them naked. Isn't that terrible? Religion will make you more naked than anything. Because what most religions do is stop you from thinking. They just want you to feel man, I had a great time in church today. What did he preach? I don't know, but it felt good. That's your Bacchalian party. That's your Bacchalian debauchery. It starts in church. That's why they get to running around and when the lights is off, they're doing all kinds of crazy things. This goes back to Catholicism, Greek Orthodoxy, and and now it's everywhere. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And now they want to do it in the public. I'm telling you, religion now has gone public. Your world is religious. Everything that they are teaching you today about the woke doctrine, which is another alchemistic set of ideological constructs, which is a bunch of lies, is nothing but religion, okay? You, are you hearing me? It's in order to create a one world religion. And everybody is the same, whether you are a man or a woman or a child and an adult. That means everybody can poke each other or whatever else you do. You see how difficult it is? <laughs> when you stuck in the male-female category. Because somebody was talking about scissors the other day, and I'm saying, scissors? What is scissors? Some of y'all, now which one of y'all are like me? I don't even know what scissors are. Raise your hand if you don't. You're blessed. You are blessed. You are super blessed if you don't know what scissors are. How many of y'all know what scissors are? See there? Point number two, let me wrap this up here. I'm going to touch on this, and I'm going I'm I'm to come back. There are three subpoints in our outline here under point number two. Self-generated hype and frenzy, that's false religion. Sexual perversion, emergent from it. Emergent from it. And a separation of the righteous. A separation of the righteous. Look at verse 26 through 28. And Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, who's on the Lord's side? There it is. This is anytime the gospel is faithfully preached, it's dividing. That's right. It's a two-edged sword. We are thankful that people come into this community, but I know every time I preach, somebody's going to be offended. And that's the way it is. But, but hold on, hold on, slow down, because I, I know I hear you got well, all that, you need to have compassion. Because apart from the grace of God, you would leave too. I'm simply stating the point. I don't want my kids coming in here and leaving just because dad offended them. Now, I am going to offend you. But the Bible's very clear, right? Deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And if God is your friend, he's going to let you know you're wrong. But I I, I want you, if you're going to celebrate people leaving, put your own cousin's face there, your auntie, your uncle, and all that. See, this is what I want to stop us from doing. I want us to be sober about things. It's very important because church folk are drunk all the time. They're self-righteous and hypocritical. Am I telling the truth? Right. Except you don't want it to happen to your people. I don't want it to happen. I don't want my kids to be lost. I do not want them going to hell. But God help me. I'm not going to compromise the truth when they sit in front of me. I'm telling you, son and daughter. Without Christ, you're going to hell. Just got to let you know. Right. God gave too much for us to just throw him away by a text or by email or by a small offense. Get over it and submit yourself to the true and the living God and be saved by grace. <laughs> saved by grace. God is a merciful God, is he not? Look at verse 26 and 27. Moses said in the, uh, in the gate, he said, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. All the sons of Levi gathered together unto him. Not all of them, but many of them did. Because the Levites had the job of mediating between God and the people. Now God has a judgment. He's going to execute and the Levites have to enter into that. Listen to the next verse. And he said unto them, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, put every man his sword by his side and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp and slay every man, his brother and every man, his companion and every man, his neighbor. See the problem. You know what God is doing. He's cutting out sin. This is how the word caught in in our medical terminology means to cut out. So when you have cancer, they have to cut it out, right? God's cutting out sin so that the body can live. Am I making some sense? You know, when the cancer gets bad, we got to cut. And that's what he's doing here. And this is what happens in our lives, too. Notice what he says in verse 28, 32, 28 please. And all the children of Levi did according to the words of Moses, and there fell of the people in that day. How many people? It could have been 300,000. It was only 3,000. And these were the people who stood in open rebellion against Moses when he came down. See, Moses came down. He saw the people in their arrogant, pompous, sort of staunch, open, open rebellion against Moses. He said, oh, okay, I see. I see. Y'all going to just do what you're going to do. It's time to clean house. And when 3,000 people died on the first day, then everybody starts to repent.
1: We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you hearing God's word, growing in his grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. I don't care what they might say.